Hey, good morning, Spirit Church. Would you welcome, or, well, would you welcome us? I mean, <laughs> oh, we're human, right? Good morning. Welcome to Spirit Church. Sing with us this morning. <laughs> As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on as the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. Come down. Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you fill the room, you're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you will feel me. Come down. Spirit, when you move, you make my heart when you spill the room, you're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you will feel me. A oh, spirit coming. Fire and wind coming, do it again. Open up the gates, let heaven on air. Come rest on.
worship, we just, we make room for you this morning. We surrender everything we have to you this morning, Jesus. We love you. And we welcome you here this morning. We're going to do a new song for you this morning. It's called Holy Forever.
This is my surrender. Here is where. 
is my surrender And I will make room for you To do whatever you want to To do whatever you want to And I will make room for you Shake on the ground. 
ourselves to you, Lord. You, you have your way in this place today. God, have your way in our lives. God, we fully acknowledge you. We worship you in this place today. God, we're so grateful for your love and for your mercy and your grace in our lives. God, we just worship you today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And can we continue kind of worshiping him, acknowledging him? Uh, we're going to say the Lord's Prayer together and 
just in your own way as we are all saying the same words together, just acknowledge him. Let's just worship him this morning. Let's, let's pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's give him a big hand this morning. What a great day it is to be in the house of God this morning. Why don't you turn and meet someone, greet someone, and then have a seat and check out this announcement video. My name is Corinne, and I'm Emily, and we're so grateful to have you here today. Whether you're joining us in person or online, we consider you part of our family, and we'd love to connect with you. If you are here in person, you can scan the QR code here to fill out the Connect card or the Guest card. If you're joining us online, you can fill it out by going to spirit.church connect or spirit.church guest. This is a great way for you to stay connected and for us to serve your family better. If you're new to Spirit Church, welcome. Pastor Jason and Robin would love to meet you in the Welcome Center after this worship experience. They just want to meet your family, give you a gift, and say thanks for being here today. Also, if you're a guest, don't feel any pressure to give. Let this service be our gift to you. But if you are here and you want to give, here are three ways you can. You can use a giving envelope and drop it off in either kiosk in the commons area. You can give online at spirit.church give. Or you can use our Church Center app. Spirit Church, thanks for being such a generous church family. And now, we got a few announcements for you. Join us this Friday, August 4th at 6.30 p.m. for Family Movie Night. The doors will open at 6 and there will be free popcorn and drinks provided. We love to create opportunities for our Spirit Church family to make memories together, so make sure you join us. Our Back to School Sunday is in two weeks. We can't wait to honor all of our students and teachers this year. Our Next Generation Ministries are having a Back to School Bash. Spirit Kids is Sunday morning and Spirit Youth is Sunday evening. We can't wait to kick off the school year by blessing our teachers and celebrating with our students. Spirit Church, we love you and thanks for listening. Now let's get all our message notes and listen to Pastor Jason as he finishes up the series, Tell Me Why. Good morning. Thanks for being here today. What an awesome crowd. Thank you to our team that makes sure the air conditioner works. Can we give it up for them? Come on. Come on, we're so thankful for that. I want to take just a second before I get into the message. I try to do this about once a month just to give you a spirit church update just so that we're all on the same page thinking about the things that God is doing and understand what's taking place. First, I want to put the QR code back up. We are getting a new app. Last week we took a moment to show you, but if you have been using the Spirit Church app, we told you last week that company is going out of business. So the company is going out of business, the church is not. Okay, I want to make sure everybody understands that. But the app that we use is changing, and so this is the QR code for the, uh, the Church Center app. 
You will have to log in the first time you use it, but after that, it's very easy to bring the app back up. It's all the features you used to using on the Spirit Church app, but it's church center now. That we, uh, Pastor Daryl and, and Danny, uh, our director of operations, they signed a, a lifetime contract with the company, and the company's lifetime is over. Um, so we have to change apps. It's, it's actually, I think it happens this week. It starts maybe August the 1st. So you've got just a couple days. We want to keep everybody in the loop of what's going on. It's an easy way to pay your tithe, uh, to give. It's an easy way to get your message notes, your small group notes, uh, all the different things that we do. And so we just want to keep you on the same page. Speaking of keeping people on the same page, August the 13th, we are opening up the third worship experience again. So we will be bringing back the 8 a.m. service time. You know that nobody clapped for that at 11 o'clock last week. Not a single person. So I'm thankful that somebody claps at this service because the 11 a.m. people were not excited about the 8 a.m. worship experience at all. Uh, but what we're trying to do, in the long and short of it, is reach one more. That's why we're doing what we're doing. And so is it more of a stress on the staff? Do we have to get up earlier? Do we have to work harder? You bet. Is it worth it? Absolutely. And we're going to do it because we're trying to reach more people. I was with a pastor friend of mine this week, and I said, man, if you want to know why we're doing it, it's because, and I mean this in a nice way, it's because our town's broken. People are hurting. They need Jesus. And we've got to make more room. Look at how many of you are here in July, for crying out loud. When school starts back and people get back in track, there's going to be even more. And so we're creating more space for more people to hear the good news about Jesus Christ. The 8 o'clock service will not have child care, but it will have a free breakfast. And so that breakfast will start at 7.30 each morning. Uh, and so you, you can be here for that. If you'd like to help coordinate breakfast, maybe your small group says, hey, we'll provide breakfast once every other month, or we want our small group wants to take it on, please sign up. There's a sign-up sheet available for you out in the commons where you can say, hey, we will handle breakfast. In just a moment, I'll talk to you more about the serving opportunities for that service. But let me let you know of a couple other things that's been going on. Our kids and our students have all finished youth camp for the summer, and many of you have given many of you have sent many of you have washed laundry after they have returned we had over over a hundred kids uh, students and leaders that all went to kids and youth camp this year we heard reports of them saying yes to Jesus being called into ministry being baptized in the Holy Spirit engaging in powerful worship praying together and can I say from the bottom of my heart thank you for loving the next generation God is moving powerfully in their lives and we're so excited about what God is doing Pastor Daniel is going to come real quick. We have a missions arm that we support through our youth ministry called Speed the Light. And Speed the Light provides communication uh, and, and uh, transportation equipment to our missionaries. So when our missionaries on the field and they need a vehicle, our students give to a fund called Speed the Light. And that Speed the Light money buys vehicles, buys projectors that can be used to show videos and films and things like that. And so I'm so proud of what Pastor Daniel and Emily are doing. Tell us about this one... A hundred and one or a thousand and one? I can't even remember. Either one. I don't it's want totally to overshoot fine. it. No, no, no. You're great. <laughs> so we've been, we've been blessed with the opportunity to partner with the state of Oklahoma in giving towards Speed the Light this year to help build an athletic complex in the nation of Indonesia. This is going to be used as an outreach tool to reach the least, the last, and the lost there in their community and provide safety for some of the female students that are attending uh, this school and this organization. It's an amazing opportunity, and our students are taking on this one in a hundred or one in a thousand 
and challenge, whichever one they choose, where they use their gifts and their abilities that God has given them to fundraise and give towards this mission. Our, some of our students, the Lions family, is actually here today. Shout out to the Lions back there. Have actually decided that they were going to do the one in a thousand challenge by bumps, sets, and spikes for volleyball to raise money for missions. And I am glad and honored and excited to say that they raised a thousand dollars for missions through their one in a thousand challenge. So our goal as a church for this year is to raise $20,000, which is about double what we did in the past, and we're super excited to take on this challenge, but we need your help. If we're having some kind of spirit youth fundraiser organized, if you would come through and let us wash your car, that's one of the few things that we're going to do to fundraise and many other opportunities in the future. But we just need your help in accomplishing this goal and serving God and allowing these students to have a heart for missions. To date so far, we have raised $6,400, almost $500, and we are almost there. So just continue Let's to go. support and pray for our students. Let's go. Good Thanks, job. Pastor. Proud of you. Love you. Appreciate you. Uh, we've also launched our Home for the Next 100 Years campaign. We talked to you about that in April. A lot of you committed to that. A lot of you have just been giving. So since we launched that in April, we've already seen over $175,000 that has come in for our home. That's our new building project that we're working on. What we have been doing is transferring that money into some high-yielding um, savings accounts. There's some really good rates on some saving accounts right now, and since we don't owe anything because we haven't really done anything yet, we're earning lots of interest as much as we can on that money so that when we have to start writing checks, we have a, a lot of money there for it. Uh, we've been meeting with our construction management team. We've been meeting with our architects, and I love the fact that Brewer, our construction manager, has been looking for ways to save us money. He starts our weekly meetings off with, here's how I think I can save you a quarter million dollars. And those are like the best words a pastor could ever hear, ever. And so I'm like, hey, can you look for some more ways you can, you can do that? This week, I expressed to the team what I think I've heard from the Lord about the project is I don't want to rush it right now. I'd rather us get it done right than get it done fast. That makes sense? Because he's finding ways to save us money, and I don't want us to go so quickly in doing it that we miss something up for the long haul. What we feel like the Lord has showed us is this is going to be our home for the next 100 years. We, we should get it right while we have time to get it right. So let's do it efficiently and effectively. The long-term vision, if you truly want to know, is to, to get that building built, to get that building paid off, to launch campuses all over Northeast Oklahoma, and then to give what we were paying in mortgage payments to missions every month. What if we could do that? What if God would enable us to do that? That's, that's really the vision of what wants to happen. So I'm just taking our time with it. Um, um, it, things are going to start happening soon, and we'll keep you up to speed on that. We're probably going to groundbreak, hopefully, in the fall, but I just don't have a specific date to tell you, but that's just what, what's being done. Speaking of your giving, on top of you giving over $175,000 to that project, to home, uh, so far in 2023, you've given over $85,000 to missions, which doesn't include the $32,000 offering you gave for the nation of Israel and the $20,000 offering that you gave for Convoy of Hope. So thank you for being faithful in tithing, but also... Thank you for participating in that offerings, those over and above gifts that we talk about. Now, this week, I got to be and do the coolest thing ever. We got to call four missionaries that needed funding, and we got to say, Spirit Church is with you, and we're adding you. Because you give, we added four new missionaries. They're going to... Um, 
One of them is going to Indonesia, one of them is going to the Netherlands, one of them is going to Micronesia, and one of them is working amongst indigenous people. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. I, they, they get all excited when they hear my voice, they should hear your voice. It should be all of you on the phone talking to them because you're the ones who are making it happen with your giving. And let me finish this up so that we can get into the message. You heard uh, Emily and Corinne talk about it back to school Sunday on August the 13th big, big day for our church. Make sure that you're here. Make sure you're here every Sunday, but make sure you're here that Sunday and you bring people with you. That's when we launch three services. That's a very strategic day. We believe that God has called us to launch our teachers and our students into their campuses as missionaries. So on that Sunday, we have a special gift for all the teachers. We're going to have a special time of prayer over all of our students and all of our teachers, and then we're going to send them out. I, I can't believe that school starts like on August the 10th. That's crazy. We used to start after Labor Day, uh, but school's starting August the 10th, and so we're going to launch them out to share the love, joy, and peace of Jesus Christ on their campuses. Uh, and then something that we're kind of partnering with that Back to School Sunday is for all the parents in the room, Robin and I are going to start a parenting class on Tuesday nights. It's going to start on August the 15th, and we're doing a little bit of an uh, unusual rolling out of this. It's going to be all done online. So you know, don't you have to leave your house, you put your kids to bed, and then you'll tune in to a Zoom call with Robin and I, and we're going to walk through the book, Grace-Based Parenting. If you don't have it, we would encourage you to get it, but it's not required that you have it to be a part of the class. But this is just a way that you can be encouraged. We really believe in equipping marriages and families to succeed and to raise godly children and to raise up the next generation. And so we're going to just do Tuesday night Zoom calls where you can log on, and, and I won't even make you turn your camera on if you don't want to. So I'll never know what you look like while you're sitting there. But we want you to engage and be a part of this and grow and learn through that way. So it's going to start August the 15th. We'll tell you more about it in the upcoming weeks. It's going to be six weeks worth of teaching that we're going to do on Tuesday nights, probably about 8.30 in the evening after your kids have gone to bed. I wish my kids would go to bed at 8.30 in the evening, but that's neither here nor there. Last thing, and then I'm moving on. I just got this uh, lockdown on Friday is Legacy Night. Legacy Night is where we honor our history. It's for people who are 55 and over or wish they were 55 and over or feel like they're 55 and over. And it's uh, August the 25th. It's a Friday night at 6 o'clock. And my friend, former pastor of Carbondale Assembly of God, Phil Taylor, is going to be our special guest that night. He's going to play the piano and sing and teach and minister to us. He just recently retired in May after 47 years of ministry at the same church, literally been in the same church since he was in the seventh grade, has since retired. Now, here's how great Pastor Phil is. He was Pastor D's pastor when Pastor D was a youth pastor. That's who Pastor D served under. So we're getting the best of the best. We'll be here that night. Free cobbler and ice cream for everybody who comes on that Friday night. Great music that you probably grew up singing, that you remember singing, and then a time of prayer. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be awesome. Last thing I want to tell you, two, two last things. I keep saying that, don't I? Last thing. That's how I keep you locked in. Volunteer opportunities. Because we are launching three services, it opens the door for more people to serve and to use their gifts. So Pastor Grant and Gabby have prepared out here at the large table. We just call it the Bill Miner table. I don't have a better name for it because the ones you built. But the big Bill Miner table out there that he built, it's right out through those doors. There are sign-up sheets, and here's areas that we could use your help in. We need more greeters because we have an 8 o'clock service, more ushers, more cafe team members, more uh, Next Generation Kids Ministry and Awana volunteers, and then, of course, breakfast help all right seriously the last thing in fact this is how I know it's the last thing go ahead and stand there you go now you feel more at home right 
In the month of July, so far, we have seen 28 people say yes to Jesus. And that's the best news. That's the best update I could ever give you. All right, our In the Vault text is 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. Thank you for those who are working the quotation stations today. Sunset Pops is setting up outside right now, so if you've already got your ticket, you can get your popsicle as you leave. If you haven't quoted it yet, you can memorize it while we're working on it right now. Here we go. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life, and if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Lord Jesus, thank you that we belong to you. I've prayed that almost every week that we have read this verse. And today we do what the first verse says. We worship you. You are the Lord of our life. Holy Spirit, speak to us today. Let it be your voice that fills this room, not mine. Communicate exactly what we need to hear. Challenge us and change us. Make us more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you as you're seated. This is the last message in this series called Tell Me Why. We've been talking all summer about why do we do certain things, why do we believe certain ways. We've been trying to strengthen the foundations of our faith because we're getting ready to be launched back into our schools and our campuses and to the places of ministry that God has placed us and put us. And so today, I want to answer a question, why do we keep reaching one more? Even Cindy's wearing the shirt right here on the front row, reach one more. We've been talking about this, we've been emphasizing this theme all year long. Why do we keep reaching one more? If you have your Bible or you have your smart device, we're going to be in John chapter 9, and verse number 1 is where we're going to start in just a moment. But we outlined this vision of reach one more back in January, back at the start of the year. We talked a lot about being the light last summer and how we shine for Jesus. And so today is a reminder or a refresher of the vision and the passion that God has given to us. That's why I take time to do a spirit church update. That's why we take time with these messages is because we want to keep the vision fresh in front of us. What the vision does is keeps us on the path. It's like a GPS that guides us and prevents us from turning places we shouldn't go. So you've heard some of this this morning. I've heard some of this this morning, but it's a real good reminder for us to keep doing what we've, what we've been doing. So in John chapter 9, we find a story of a man who was born blind. Your Bible might even identify him as a blind beggar. And what happens is Jesus and the disciples are walking through the city, and his disciples point out a man sitting somewhere near the temple. We think it was near a pool there called the Pool of Siloam. It was outside of the temple area, and the reason this man would have been there was to beg for money. There was nothing else for him to do in life, no other way for him to earn a wage. His existence, his identity are found in two words, blind and beggar. That was who he was. He was born blind. He hadn't been able to see for his entire life. And in those days, when someone had a sickness like that, people would ask questions, who sinned? You see, individual sickness was equated with individual sin. In other words, if you were blind or if you were crippled or if there was something wrong with you, it meant that there was sin that you had committed or sin that your parents had committed and you were being punished as a result of that sin. And so the disciples asked Jesus, who sinned and made this man blind? Was it his sin or was it the sin of the parents that caused him to be blind? And in John chapter 9 and verse number 3, Jesus said something profound. He said, it's not because of his sins or his parents' sins 
This happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. That verse right there really connects with what we talked about last, last week. In life, we're going to experience success, but we're also going to encounter suffering. We're going to have highs, and then we're going to have to endure some lows. But Jesus points out the same thing that we did last week, that our entire lives, regardless of what happens to us, our whole lives are to be lived for God's glory. And then Jesus elaborates on the last part of that statement where he said, this happened so that the power of God could be seen in his life. In verse number four, Jesus says this, we must quickly carry out the tasks that are assigned to us by the one who sent us. Night is coming and then no one can work. We'll get to that more in just a minute, but what Jesus did next is very surprising. He spit into the ground and mixed saliva with dirt and created mud and wiped it on the man's eyes. Having wiped it on the man's eyes, he tells him to go to the pool, that pool of Siloam, and to wash himself. The man obeys Jesus, washes his eyes, and he comes back, a man born blind, being able to see. The people around who knew him and had seen him recently weren't even sure it was him. They were astonished. They couldn't believe that this lifelong blind man could now see. They were amazed that the beggar who was asking for alms was now walking and talking and free. And so they began to ask him, how did this happen? And he said, well, Jesus put put mud on my eyes and he told me to wash myself and now I can see and it creates a big stir around the temple. People are excited about it. They're, they're intrigued by it. But the Pharisees, the religious leaders, are mad about it. First of all, there's a miracle happening near church. How dare God do a miracle in church? And secondly, it was a Sabbath day. How dare God interrupt a church service to do a miracle on a Sabbath day? And third, it was Jesus, that renegade prophet that we've heard about the troublemaker who's, who's pulling people out of the temple, who's telling people that he's the way, the truth, and the life. It's, it's that guy again who's stirring up trouble. And so the Pharisees want to know what to happen, and they ask, you can't call him a blind beggar anymore because he's not that guy now. They ask the, the man who can see what happened, and he tells them the same story. Jesus spit in the ground and made mud and put it on my eyes, and I washed my eyes, and now I can see. And the Pharisees said, that's impossible. Jesus isn't from God. He doesn't even keep the Sabbath. Other people started lifting their voice. It's totally possible. He has to be from God. How else could he do these miraculous things? They asked the blind man again. The blind man says, I think, I think he's a prophet. The Pharisees didn't believe, so they called the man's parents to come in. John chapter 9 and verse number 20, they asked the parents about, is this your son and, and, and what happened to him? And they said, we know it's our son and we know that he was born blind, but we don't know how he can see or who healed him. And I don't know if you've ever heard this expression, but then they, they threw him under the bus. And then they put it in reverse and backed up over him with the bus. They said, he's old enough. Ask him to speak for himself. We don't want to get in trouble. He's old enough. Ask him, put the blame on him. And now the Pharisees, they're mad and they're frustrated because they can't get the answer that they want. They say to this man, we know that Jesus is a sinner. And what they mean by that is we don't understand his ways and his teaching and it's contrary to our laws and our tradition. And the man responds in John chapter nine and verse number 25 with this amazing statement. I don't know whether he's a sinner, but I do know this. I was blind, but now I can see. See, when you encounter Jesus, you never leave the same. 
And it's that belief that is why you and I are gathered here today. It's that reality that is why we exist as a church family. At the heart of everything that we do at Spirit Church is this simple mission statement that we exist to share the love, joy, and peace of Jesus Christ with the least, the last, and the lost. Because when people encounter the love, the joy, and the peace of Jesus Christ, they never leave the same. He transforms and changes everything about us. So why do we keep reaching one more? Why do we emphasize it so strongly? The easy answer is this, so that those who were blind can see Jesus. That's why we do it. Because the truth of the gospel is that the good news about Jesus is for all people. What a shame it would be if we heard the truth about Jesus and we got saved and we never shared it with anybody else. This gospel, this good news that has been deposited into us is not supposed to be harbored in our hearts. It's designed to be shared with everyone around us so that blind people can see. And I'm not just talking about physically blind. I'm talking about those who are spiritually blind and whose eyes have never been opened to Jesus. Some of them were born blind and have never had an opportunity to hear the gospel. Some of them maybe have heard about it, but for whatever reason, sin and doubt and suffering and struggle has caused their eyes to be blinded or closed to the truth about Jesus. The good news is, he still opens blinded eyes. He still opens blinded eyes. Many of you in this room are testimonies of blinded eyes that were closed to Jesus, that were shut off to the power of the gospel, but Jesus came and now your eyes are open. So let me just break this down for you very quickly. Why do we keep reaching one more? We do that so that God's power can be seen. In the story we're looking at this morning in John 9, 3, Jesus answered their question. He said, it wasn't because of sickness. This man was born blind so that the power of God could be seen in him, in this man, through this healing, through this miracle. You know, the power, when we talk about that, everything in this world has a limited power supply. I don't know about your car, but if the battery in my car is going to die, it's only going to die when it's negative 15 degrees outside. It never dies in really great weather. Your phone, if it's like mine, has to be recharged every single night because the power has to be restored and refreshed to it. I, I travel now somewhat, and I've learned to travel with a power strip because everything I have with me needs power. My watch, my AirPods, my phone, my tablet, and there's so many things that have to be plugged in. Most rooms or airports or places don't have enough plugs for me. And I'm not even talking about those of you that travel with CPAP machines, because heaven knows you need that CPAP. We need that CPAP machine plugged in just as much as, as you do. And so we've learned that there's this, this limited power supply on earth, but you know what has no limit to power? It's God's power. God's power has no limit, but the Bible teaches us that the power of God is oftentimes showcased in our weaknesses and in our needs. That's when it's best seen. In fact, the Apostle Paul writes to us about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He had something in his life that was irritating him. It was a weakness. He called it a thorn in the flesh, and it never really explains exactly what it is, but look at what he writes. Three times I begged the Lord to take it away, that being the thorn in the flesh, and each time God said to Paul, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Paul, hearing those words, he writes, so now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. If you have an NIV Bible, it writes it this way, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect 
in weakness. I was thinking about this power that God says is made perfect in our weakness. And do you know that the power of darkness seems to get a lot of attention anymore? The power of the evil one seems to be on display all the time. I think as believers, we ought to be the ones who are highlighting the miracle-working power of God in our lives. To not be ashamed of our weaknesses, to not be ashamed of our blindnesses, but to allow God to heal us from those things so that his power can be displayed and demonstrated through our need and through our weaknesses so that he can be glorified. Why do we keep reaching one more? So that God's power can be seen. I thought about this message, and and yesterday it really occurred to me that I need to give us a practical step, something that we can do in response to each point of this message. So here's your practical step about the power of God. Would you pray that God's power would be revealed in your life for his glory? You might want to take your cell phone out and take a photo of that. That's totally fine. You might want to write that down. It didn't make it in the Spirit Church notes or in the app, but what if we started praying, God, let your power be revealed in my life for your glory. And we started looking for those opportunities for the work of God in our weaknesses and in our needs so that we could showcase to people what God has done. Look at when you study John chapter 9, a stir, a commotion happens because God's power was demonstrated by healing a blind man and people wanted to know more. Lives were touched, lives were impacted, lives were changed. So let's make that our prayer moving forward. God, let your power be demonstrated, be revealed in my life. We keep reaching one more so his power can be seen, but secondly, because night is coming. After Jesus said this happened so that the glory of God can be revealed, he says in verse four, we must quickly carry out the tasks that are assigned to us by the one who sent us. For night is coming and then no one can work. We have to live with that and understand that reality. I mentioned earlier to you in the update that we added four new missionaries this week, and you need to know we have a list of more missionaries that we would like to add and that we would need to add, and it's because we are so passionate about missions and outreach, and the reason we're so passionate about that is because we know that night is coming. You can see around us that it's getting darker and darker outside. We know that the window of time is closing. When I was in Muskogee for 17 years before Robin and I and our family moved here, we re-roofed our church building, 80,000 square foot under roof. And Pastor Rose, who I love and I worked for for all those years, he realized that we could save a lot of money if we took the shingles off ourselves. I never heard the final number, but it better have been a lot of money. Because I kind of got tasked with leading that, uh, that uh, shingle removal project And we did it during daylight saving time. And so you only had eight or nine hours of light in the day that you could work with. And I remember it wasn't much later after we would stop for a lunch break that I would be encouraging the guys with me on the roof, hurry, let's finish as much as we can because about 4.45, it's gonna be pitch black out here. We We gotta move quickly because night is coming. And in that same vein, our time to communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ is slipping away from us. Now, I don't want you to hear me saying that as a doom and gloom statement. Night is coming, but we don't have to be, you know, doom and gloom about that because our ability to communicate the gospel is far greater today than it ever has been in human history. We can instantaneously have a communication or a phone call with somebody around the world. We can rapidly be places that we weren't before. So while the night is closing in quickly, our ability to communicate the light and the good news about Jesus Christ is greater than it has ever been before. So our practical step 
to reach one more is to pray for boldness and to live with urgency in these days. Pray for boldness. Holy Spirit, give me the boldness to speak to that person that I need to talk to. Give me the courage to share my faith with that coworker, with that neighbor, with that person who I don't think will believe, with that one who is blind. Help me to share that they can see again through Jesus. And I don't know if we're all ready for that second step, but I think it's powerful. Lord, who am I called to be a missionary to? We're all called to be a missionary in one sense, in one way, in one shape or one form. Maybe you're a teacher and you're about to go back to school. You're our missionary to that campus. Maybe you're a professional person who owns your own business. You're a missionary to that business. Maybe you serve at Agape. You're a missionary to the people who come in at Agape. Maybe you serve at Hope Clement. You're, wherever God has placed you, I believe God is calling you to be a missionary. And we pray that prayer, Lord, who are you calling and asking me to be a missionary to? So we keep reaching one more because we want God's power to be seen in and through us. Because we know that night is coming. But the third reason we keep reaching one more is because Jesus is the light. He told us that night is coming, but he also told us that he is the light. If you look at verse 5 of John chapter 9, he said, While I'm here in this world, I am the light of the world. And he absolutely was. When you study the Bible, when you look through the Gospels at his life, you see where sick people were healed and hungry people were fed and broken people were restored. You also read that Jesus was hung on a cross and he was crucified for crimes that he did not commit. He died on the cross and the enemy thought that he could make the light of Jesus go out. But you can't shut off the light of Christ. In fact, while he was on earth and before he was crucified, he told the disciples that after he was crucified and he went to the Father, that the light wouldn't go out because it would keep living on through us. In Matthew chapter 5, and verse 14, this was my favorite verse when I was a teenager. You are the light of the world. Jesus says, I, I'm the light, but I'm going to be with the Father. Now you are the light of the world. You're like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. So Jesus is asking us to carry the torch in his absence. But I want to make something crystal clear to all of us this morning. Jesus is not asking us to light up the darkness. Jesus is illuminating the darkness through us. Sometimes we think we have to bring the light to the darkness. We can't, but he can. He illuminates the darkness through us. It's about people seeing him, not seeing me. Our practical step this morning to reach one more is this. Shine bright. Shine bright. Because followers of Jesus should bring light to every room they enter. You think about the places you go, the people you interact with, the situations and circumstances you're faced with. When you're in those circumstances and situations, when you enter those rooms, shine bright. Shine bright. In fact, Matthew 5, Jesus goes on to say, Let your light so shine before men that they will see your good deeds and they will glorify your Father who is in heaven. So everywhere you go, because we talk about it a lot, love, joy, peace, love, joy, peace, love, joy, peace, least, last, and lost. But you know, that happens here about this much, and that should happen out there about this much. This is just the launch pad. This is just where we prepare and commission and equip you and send you out to do the work of the ministry. Shine bright where you go. Here's the last thing this morning. Why do we keep reaching one more? Because people have been blinded but Jesus helps them see. Jesus helps them to see. In, in John chapter 9 and verse 7, Jesus told this man who was blind, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. And the man went and washed himself, and he came back seeing. 
You put yourself in his shoes for a moment. After years, he was born blind. After years of not being able to see, after a lifetime of begging and suffering, it was all over in an instant. He washed his eyes and he could see. But hear me on this point because this is so cool. He didn't just regain his sight. His personhood was redefined as well. I want to show you this because when Jesus helps you see, Jesus changes your entire identity. Look at verse 8 of John chapter 9. His neighbors and the others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? It might just be throwaway words, but they're so vital. Because the question for all of us, if we make this truly introspective, is what do people know you as? Once Jesus helps you see, you're not that person anymore. What did you used to do? Who did you used to be? Once you encounter Jesus, you're not that way anymore. Your whole identity, your personhood changes and people have been blinded. They're all around us. We encounter them all the time. We're trying to reach one more. People have been blinded, but Jesus can make them see. He can take the blinders off, the spiritual blindness off of them. The end of that passage there, John 9, 24 and 25, the Pharisees are frustrated. They call him a second time. They said, God should get the glory for this. They don't realize that God is getting the glory for this. And today, God is still getting the glory for this. God should get the glory because we know that Jesus is a sinner. And he says, I don't know whether he's a sinner, but this is what I know. I was born blind, but now I can see. Now I can see. Here's the practical step this morning. Share with others how Jesus makes you see. Sometimes we get nervous about sharing our faith with somebody, about reaching one more. What will I say to them? What will I tell them? I don't have the words. I can't communicate. I can't speak. Share your story. Tell them how Jesus helped you to see. Oh, my story is not that important. It is to Jesus. It is to you. It is to your family. It is to your kids. Just share your story. You know, I don't know all the Bible. I don't know all the scriptures. That's cool. Share your story. Share what God has done. Share how you were blind, but Jesus touched your eyes and he washed you clean and now you can see and how they too can see just like you were able to see. The same God who healed your eyes wants to heal their eyes as well. That's why we keep reaching one more so that people who are blind can see. I want you to bow your head with me this morning because there might be some of you in here that say, I'm not ready to share a story. I'm still dealing with blindness. I'm still having trouble seeing Jesus. There's not clarity that's there. Today, Jesus says you can see. And we're not gonna rub mud on your eyes but the hand of Jesus is gonna to touch you in a powerful way and whatever it is that was keeping you from seeing Jesus, we believe is gonna be washed away. And it starts by you simply saying yes to Jesus. This man in our story in John chapter nine, he had to go and he had to obey Jesus and wash himself. And you gotta to listen to the voice of God and, and obey him today and respond to him. You might be here and you might be like this man, you've, you've been blind your whole life, you've never known that Jesus wants to restore your sight. Or you might be here and at one time you could see, but there have been things that have come into your heart and your life that have caused blindness, 
caused your eyes to grow dim, prevented you from clearly and fully seeing the Lord, today he wants you to be able to see again. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. I'm just going to pray with you and pray for you. If you'd like for Jesus to help you see, if you want to say yes to Jesus, just lift up a hand right where you're sitting. Just raise your hand and say, yes, that's me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. So many people raising hands right now. Thank you for your courage in lifting those hands. Come on, lift them up and say, yes, the Lord's going to help me see. I believe the Lord's going to help me see. He's washing your eyes today. The Bible is so clear. Romans chapter 10, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. So if you lifted that hand high, thank you for your courage. You can put it down. If you're watching online, you need to put the word yes in your text box. Let us know that you're saying yes to Jesus today and we're gonna do exactly what the Bible tells us to do. We're gonna confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And I'm gonna invite everybody in the room, everybody watching online, let's all pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. I'm sorry that I have sinned and lived a life that was not pleasing to you. Today I receive you as my Savior and Lord. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and make me more like you. And I will do my best to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God's doing it. He's doing it. Can we thank him? He's doing it right now. He's restoring sight to those who were blind. If you said yes to Jesus, there's a number on our screen right now, 918-766-9117. You can text the word yes. The very next thing that needs to happen is we want you to be baptized in water. We're following the example of Jesus. We're making your faith a public declaration, and we want to help make that happen for you. Once you're baptized in water, we want to help you grow in your faith and give you resources and materials so that you can continue becoming more like Jesus. Part of becoming more like Jesus is sharing your story with others like we just talked about. Sharing how Jesus helped you to see and how he can help them to see as well. So I want you to stand with me this morning if you would. And if you're willing to surrender to him, if you're willing to be used of him, you don't have to lift him high. If you don't want to, you don't have to lift him at all, but I'm going to lift mine and would you say, Lord, use me. Lord, use me. Just make that a prayer. Let that be the starting point. God, there's people in my life that are blind and I can't make them see, but you can. And Jesus, I'm willing. I pray for boldness. I pray for courage. I pray that you would help me to share my story with those who need to hear it. I pray that you would use me, Lord. I'm not gonna bring sight to anyone, but you can as your light shines through me. Use me, Lord, for your glory and for your honor. Thank you, Lord, that you continue to help people see. I once was blind, but now I can see. Thank you, Jesus. Man, what an awesome Sunday to be here at Spirit Church, amen? God is doing some amazing things in the lives of his people, and I am just so honored to be a part of it. But as we leave today, I just wanna encourage you, if you wanna take a moment, you wanna rest in God's presence, feel free. But as we go, I wanna pray a prayer of blessing over us all. So if you'll raise your hands towards heaven. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Go with God this week.